Hello and welcome back to another episode of Weird Thing About That. Things are feeling a bit spooky today as me and my fellow players are given a subject matter and have to find the weirdest, coolest or funniest story on that subject. I'm Chris and joining me today, the chilling Chucky. Yo! The Joe Men. Like the Omen. Oh, right. <laughs> and joining us, special guest today, all the way from Hallmark of Greatness, it's the blood-curdling Bernie. It's not good when you have to explain your pun. I, I still enjoyed it. it no, I've had it good. It was good. Now I've had it explained to me. Imagine a there is no horror words beginning with J. Yeah, there's not. No. Jeepers creepers <laughs> Joe. Jeepers Joe. Yeah, but yeah. that's written by a nonce. So, yeah. <laughs> do you think there's anyone else who'd maybe want to join us today? Well, you see, I'm fully trained up as a medium. Well, an extra large. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna. If we all hold hands, uh, we can conduct a séance. So, oh, okay. We don't actually have to hold hands. Like, <laughs> it's, all, it's audio. You don't have yeah. to hold hands. Go on. But we are holding hands. Okay. We just let me just get a feeling for the. Is there anybody there? Hi, Stephen Hawking. Oh my God. What, the actual Stephen Hawkins? I have returned to the land of the living for one night only. Oh, 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 well, thank, thanks for joining us, Stephen. You have summoned me forth to judge your stupid podcast. Oh, all right, that's, you know, that's a, it's a bit harsh. Like, Stephen, like, I know every, like, they did a film about your life, but how, how did you actually die? People think that it was my condition that killed me in the end, but the truth is I was killed trying to run with the bulls in Pamplona. I was doing very well until I came to some stairs. Oh well. Okay, well, I mean, thank you for joining us, taking time out of your busy afterlife to join us. Um... <laughs> we heard it um, uh, if we haven't guessed yet, today's uh, topic is spooky special. It's Halloween. Uh, uh, Bernie, who's going first, please? Chucky. Hang on, let's just see if Stephen agrees. Chucky, come sit on my knee and we will go for a ride. Alright. Since an early age, I've been pretty made up on my beliefs around paranormal and supernatural events. Though recent things have maybe changed that view. The idea that everybody who has ever existed is still kind of floating around an ethereal plane that occasionally intersects the bounds of our perceivable reality never really did anything for me. There's one thing, however, that I am slightly scared of, perhaps even mildly terrified, and in recent times I'd say that it may be a full-blown case of moderate terrification. I speak, of course, of the government. Dun, dun, dun. I got that written down. And, well, government agencies. Now, it's not that I'm afraid of watching a person eat a bacon sandwich in a frankly spooky way, or that imagining a young child running through a field of wheat incites steep chills and minor nausea. No, it's all those psyops bullshit things that sound too crazy to not be not true. I'm not talking about MKUltra. This is much worse. I'm talking about Polybius. Polybius is a game that was released in 1981 by a company called Sinus Lotion, with details of gameplay widely debated by other truth seekers online. 
One thing that everyone can agree on, however, is that the game was like totally erasing people's minds and giving them amnesia and night terrors, the likes of which you've never known the likes of which. We're t talking of like full-on pissing and shitting your pants due to the meticulous and brain-deadening mind controlification implemented by the government agencies cleverly hidden under the alias of their Sinus Lotion company name. That name being a combination of two German words, which have a meaning that could be interpreted as erase senses. Just like how government patsies are often given names that are anagrams of their true modus operandi, creating a fictitious company name which describes the effects of the game is almost exactly what you'd expect of a government agency to do. What an act of hubris. The story goes that people playing the game would be observed by government goons who would document people's behaviours and descent into a paralysing world of uncontrollable urination and defecation. The government went the whole nine yards to hide the existence of such an arcade game, however, as no rum dumps have been found of the game, and to make any claim of its existence and intent become dismissed as poppycock of the highest order, Jonathan R. Batul was hired to write a screenplay that would later become The Last Starfighter, a film in which a kid plays an arcade game that is being observed by aliens, which go on to recruit him to fly some space alien fighter jet or some shit. I mean, how could Polybius possibly exist if aliens don't exist? I'm sure that's what they wanted us to think. But now, it's only made me believe that not only do aliens exist, but they're under government payroll as well. Now, it might just be that Polybius was simply a meme made up by a menace who wanted to advertise his arcade emporium. But to, to that I say, isn't that just exactly what they'd want you to believe? Wake up, sheeple. You may stay living your life ignoring all the prompts to obey, but this guy is taking a red pill and avoiding all pernicious government-run arcade entertainment parlors. Let's discuss this like adults. I've heard about this. Isn't it one? Of, I don't know if it's a myth or or what, but isn't the thing that they put them in a few arcades, people played them, and then just guys in dark suits and sunglasses came up and just wheeled them away, and never mentioned it again. And then his further myths that like the people who were really good at it just sort of disappeared off the map, and it was like were they recruiting or no? It's urban legend. It is urban legend. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm required to say by the people who visited me earlier today that it's totally just an urban legend. No need to be scared. <laughs> Wink. Beware, cowards. Yeah. No, I mean it's good in a way. Like it would be fun, but also, what are you going to get from an arcade? A lot of sweaty nerd kids, aren't you? <laughs> Did you not watch The Last Starfighter? No, I'm an adult. Why would I watch something like that? There was this very similar thing, though, as well. Um, Armada by Ernest Klein, I think. Yes, I read It was a very that. similar thing where it was like they were they put a big game out and the, the top five scorers were then whisked away to a moon base where they then had to sit in a very similar um, pod with all the controls and fight like real-life aliens who were invading. This is what Call of Duty is now, isn't it? Yeah, well, <laughs> military that's more, recruitment. That's more to sign up for the American military, isn't it, really? Because you think it's going to be all cool and shooting brown people in the face, but it's just going dying for oil, isn't it? <laughs> and throwing grenades at odd angles that bounce like three or four times and then hit somebody in the Achilles tendon, killing them. <laughs> I, I did see a, a kill cam of a, a Modern Warfare thing where it was the actual casing of the bullet ricocheted off, <laughs> hit some guy in the shin and that was enough to, to kill him and I was like, just like real life yeah. <laughs> always like that in video games though, if you just like hit somebody in the shin enough they would die yeah. I mean, just like real life 
I don't <laughs> think somebody's walked into a coffee table so hard that they've died. No, but now if you've continuously smashed someone in the leg with a hammer, <laughs> I'm not saying you should, but I think that would eventually kill them. Stephen, save us! <laughs> I was not allowed in the arcade near my house as people kept putting 20 pence pieces in my chair thinking I was Walter from Big. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. He's, well, he's, he's, you know. <laughs> it's odd that he's kept on, hang, hung on to that memory, isn't it? Chris, hit me with your tales of fright. We all have a friend or two who's a bit terrified of clowns. Strange that something originally designed to delight and entertain us with whimsical humour has changed its public perception to something that people now see as creepy or downright terrifying. The first of the true circus clowns, coincidentally called Joseph, arrived in England in 1805 and was associated with all the delights and laughter, physical falling and slapstick beatings that we normally assign to that form of entertainment. Nothing spooky at all. It was in my humble understanding that clowns were only associated with death in more recent years. Since the penning of Stephen King's It in 1986 and the subsequent films and remakes that followed, clowns seem to take on a darker turn in the public eye even leading to a trend in 2016 where people clearly in need of help would dress up as a killer clown and scare people in spooky places such as near forests or schools at night. But after doing some research into this, clowns have indeed been linked to death throughout history. In fact, the very first known clowns date back as far as 2400 BC in the 5th dynasty of Egypt, and these early clowns were also priests. So, as well as entertainment, these clowns would also be responsible for performing the funeral rites and burials of the populace. However, I would like to draw your attention now to a story from 1845, where a single clown ended up being the link to the death of 79 people in Yarmouth, England. The clown in question was called Mr Nelson. <laughs> and on a warm Friday night of May the 2nd, he performed a stunt that he had been publicising across town. A stunt that afterwards led to the newspaper headline, A Goose Ride to Tragedy. <laughs> it seems there wasn't much to do in Yarmouth on a Friday night back in 1845, what with Euro trash not starting on TV for another 148 years. So who could possibly resist when seeing an advertisement saying that a clown was going to sit in a bathtub and be pulled up river by four geese? The large flyer for the spectacle, in its own words, promised mesmerism, music from a rock harmonicon, and four real geese. And resist they could not. In fact, over 400 people flocked to watch the amazement of the poultry-powered pantomime. The problem is, however, that the average Yarmouth suspension bridge at the time wasn't fully equipped to handle the weight of 400 onlookers. And so, these people, lured out of their homes by a clown's promise, Oh, 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 that is funny. Had the viewing bridge collapse under them, plunging them down into the dark river below. 79 of these people tragically died, dragged, I imagine, to the clown's underwater lair. So clowns, harmless red-nosed jesters, or black-hearted omens of death, you decide. Let's dissect that further. Uh, oh. First of all, Clowns Promise, that's a band name. And second of all, you said, like, the first clown came to England in 1805. Like, where did it come from? <laughs> it just materialised <laughs> like a fucking Terminator. 
Yeah, I never thought of it like that. That's how it was worded on... Yeah, he came to England, so I don't think he was from... No, no one in Britain would have, would go, I'm going to be a clown. Right. <laughs> That's French. That's got France written all over it, that, hasn't it? He failed as a mime. Yeah. Imagine somebody standing on a door floating to shore. I don't know why. <laughs> He's just on the boat coming in doing this. So I don't know. Oh, <laughs> fuck me, a clown's promise. I mean, that, that sounds like a euphemism for a lady part. <laughs> and, al- and also in Egypt, them being like, you know, priests and doing funeral rites. <laughs> just sad, <what>? sad honking <laughs> noises. Just like a slide whistle just... <laughs> as they go down, well, I guess that didn't happen to mummies, did it? But Christ, jeez. <laughs> That's fun. That's fun. They should bring that back. Mr. Tumble does funerals. That'd be good. <laughs> Just like you said, like a sad honk. Imagine the <laughs> subtitle on Netflix. <laughs> and also, what's, what's a rock harmonicon? A rock harmonicon, I believe, is like a kind of xylophone thing. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know, do you? <laughs> I think it's um, it's, it's You're getting a, it's real a, sweaty over there, Chris. <laughs> it's like a barrel organ, I'm guessing. Is it? Yeah. I will look at, I thought it was some sort of. Um... <laughs> but I mean, what a night out, though. See a man in a bathtub be pulled upstream by four real, ge- not mechanical geese, not fake geese, not children in goose costumes. That would have been better, I think. Yeah, well, it's, it's like a, it's like a massive, massive. Xylophone thing. How did he fit that in the bathtub? <laughs> they must have been fucking hench geese. That was why he. Um, I don't think he was playing the tune. No, that was his assistant, Mr. Nelson, and the <laughs> Harmonium Boys. <laughs> the Harmonium Honkers. <laughs> <laughs> but that would blow your mind, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, you're I, in a, dude, even today, I would go out and watch somebody get pulled upstream by four geese. I think we need to do this. Did he actually get pulled up, or did the bridge collapse first? Did he ever exist at all? <laughs> was his face painted on an egg in the special egg painting Oh, place? that is true, yeah. Is it, is it colrophobia, the fear of clowns? I did look this up for something the other day. I, yeah, Something uh, I probably should have looked up before doing no, a story I, about I'm not, being scared of clowns. I don't, like, it's not the murdery clowns thing that scares me. Like the, I remember all that kids hanging about yeah. mm. like, you know, outside B&Q with you know, yeah. fucking kick them. But <laughs> it was, it's, it's just the... You're not funny. You've been doing the same shtick for fucking since. No, you were good at one point because you were doing geese baths, right? <laughs> and then at some point you've gone, ah, fuck that. Let's just throw buckets full of glitter at people. Well, if he's the first clown in Britain, he peaked too soon, obviously, didn't he? With his ghost, just, uh, ghost geese bath. I mean, if it was no, a he, ghost was, bath. he was. He was about forty years later. Oh. The first one was called Joseph, and he just did oh, like yeah. very stereotypical clown nonsense. See, he was doing a slow burn. He knew what it was about. This guy, just like he said, just straight out way. What's the craziest thing I can do? There's yeah, four it's... geese over there in a bathtub. Yeah. It's time to go up. It's the stream. difference between Elvis and Cliff Richard. This, yeah. <laughs> Middle of the road, Cliff. Mister Nelson, bathtub full of geese. Let's do it. <laughs> the thing is, I feel like maybe, oh, his, maybe... his manager going. Are you sure, Mister Nelson? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah do really well they love it <laughs> this is like when i won the nobel prize for sex or science it was one of them oh, it's exactly <laughs> sex or you can't remember can he it's difficult once you've died it's difficult to remember the human world apparently and who's going next so let's hear your spooky 
Is he all right? I do, yeah. He's, he's leads. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's died again. Um, Turn him off and back on again. Sawin. All Hallows' Eve. Ghost Christmas. Whatever you call it, we can all agree that Halloween is one of the better holidays of the season. The days are getting colder, the nights drawing sooner, and everything feels just that little bit more autumn-y. And what better way to celebrate that change than dressing up as a sexy pencil and handing out sweets to small children? It makes perfect sense, no? And what symbolises this most nonce-laden festival from the humble carved pumpkin? Or jack-o'-lantern, as some people insist on calling them. But do you know where this tradition comes from? Well, do you? Legend has it that the humble orange and fire mascot of Spoopy Season is based around that notorious arsehole, Stingy Jack. <laughs> See, Stingy Jack was a prolific conman, manipulator, and drunkard who would wander the Irish countryside, grifting his way from town to town like an old-time Tommy Robinson, but less racist and at least three feet taller. Well, the devil himself heard of Jack's exploits and decided to check out to see if he was as evil and charming as claimed. Jack was said to be walking down the street when he stumbled across a body on the floor, and upon turning the body to, at best, rob it, and at worst, well, yeah, he realised it was the very devil himself come to claim his soul. So, Jack, being the wily bastard he was, asked the devil for a final request, that of a drink at a nearby tavern. Showing uncharacteristic kindness for the Lord of Hell, Satan was like, yeah, sweet, I could do with a Camparian soda, and they hastened to the nearest inn and proceeded to get Irish levels drunk. Having no money, Jack convinced the devil to turn into a silver coin to pay for the drinks, and then turn back, after he had left, proving that even though the very devil had come to claim his soul, Jack was still a massive ball bag. The devil loved this idea, and using his apparent shape-shifting abilities, <laughs> he turned into a shiny silver coin, which Jack immediately stuffed into his pocket next to a cross, and thus somehow negating the devil's powers according to the rules I'm making up as I go. The devil, understanding he was in fact just tricked by a pissed-up Irishman, bargained with Jack to leave him alone for ten years, but would come back the same night once again claim his black and duplicitous heart. Fast forward ten years and Jack's been living at large, starting his own gin company and offering stock advice to gullible rubes. Oh no wait, that's Nigel Farage. Anyway, ten years to the day, the devil catches up to Jackie boy and he's like, right fuckface, I'm here to claim your soul because you're such a massive knobhead. And Jack's all, okay, fair enough. But before we do, can I have an apple? The devil, having learned absolutely nothing from his last encounter, or perhaps suffering from early onset Alzheimer's, immediately shins up the nearest tree to grab an apple, at which point Jack either carves a cross into the tree, or jams a load of crosses into the ground. Either are equally fucking stupid. The devil is now stuck up this tree, being afraid of crosses for some reason, and Jack says he will let him down if he promises never ever to come and claim his soul. I'm guessing the devil was more than happy at this deal and agreed. Well, many, many years later, Jack does a die and goes to the pearly gates, where he is greeted by St. Peter, who in no uncertain terms tells him that he's not coming in, due to being an absolute rotter his entire life. Despondent, he goes to hell, thinking, if nothing else, his soul will be at rest. The devil appears and is all, well, 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 look who it is. Old, turn the lord of hell into a coin for Bant's Jack. Yeah, unfortunately, mate, you can't come in. You made me promise, didn't you? In that orchard where we kissed? Well, maybe not the last bit. <laughs> but Jackie's now, well, where am I supposed to go? And the devil tells him. He must walk the soggy... No. 
He must walk the foggy land between life and death and good and evil forever on account of him being such an insufferable prick all of his mortal life. But don't worry, the devil says, and hands Jack a burning coal from hell, saying that it will light his way, which he then places inside a hollowed-out turnip so as not to burn Jack's ghost hands. <laughs> Over time, and because turnips are super hard to carve with, this has become the humble pumpkin that we all know and love. Happy Ghost Christmas, everybody. Is that a real story? Yeah. That's the real story of how... Uh, uh, how... No, no, the, the devil's not a, a vampire. Like, you can't just go, oh, I've got a cross, mate. You know, Sozard. It, it says cross crucifix, <laughs> but... It's, it's, a, it's the same thing, right? But I mean, like... One's no, got a little not. man on it. Well... <laughs> but you can't be carving Jesus with his sexy abs on every tree, can well, you? Well, the story... Some stories say he carved just a cross on the tree. I'm like, what, just a cross like that? Just fingers work then. Like, could he <laughs> yeah. do that? Like, a lot more people would have got away from being dragged to hell yeah, if that just, was if as just simple as it him, was. Yeah. But like, if, if the cross or the crucifix was to negate his power, surely the power of shape-shifting would also be negated and he'd just like tear his pants off as he grew back to devil size. <laughs> I mean, you, it's implying the devil wears pants. No, no, because he put in, he stuffed it down oh, in Jack's yeah. pants. Well, I was just wondering, if he can shapeshift, why didn't he just turn into a bird from the top of the tree, run, fly off, and then land and go, ah, you're not so fucking smart now, are you, Jack? Yeah, how high do you have to go up before you can then go across? I don't know what the rules of cross, like... <laughs> it's like priests and holy water. How much can they bless in one sitting? Can, a priest can just do a font, like, and then a bishop can do like a swimming pool, Pope can do an ocean. <laughs> and how, you know. how close do they have to be? Because couldn't they just be on the phone like, yeah, yeah, blessing it now. Okay, it's done. Yep, next week. Again, I don't know. Don't know the rules of it. But yes, this isn't this is this is folklore. This is this is this is the I like the idea of the, the devil being stuck up in the tree in the fire brigade having to come and get him down. <laughs> <laughs> Shapeshifts into a cat to avoid embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. But it was just the fact that he went, Alright, the first time I'd be like, Okay, well done, you got the better of me. But then he's oh can I have an apple? No, can you fuck, yeah. mate? You can't come on. You gotta go get it yourself, <laughs> Come on, off we're going. Get in the fucking sack, we're going. <laughs> Go into the land of pineapples up your ass. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and not the way that you want. As in, as in, as in leaf, leaf first, leaf I'd, first. I'd, I'd write neither, to be honest. But, <laughs> but if it's going to happen, there's an obvious, like... Yeah, but then it's if you wanted to like poop it out again, leaf first would be preferable. I mean, this... Because it, it gets a nice cheeky wipe on the way up. We've, we've gone way <laughs> off, off topic here. Um can we bring it back saying about the turnip carvings? Yeah. yeah. Like, mum would go on about that. Sorry, Stephen. What, what's that? Stingy Jack sounds like the sort of guy you would want in a heist IDB the getaway car. Y- all right. Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> St- Stephen's fucking been on the, on the ghost gin, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, they're fucking terrifying, those turnips. Yes, they are. <laughs> but they're also, trying to carve a turnip is way harder than trying to carve a pumpkin. Aren't turnips yeah. quite small? Yeah. They're smaller than pumpkins. In the stories I was reading, it says a rutabaker, which I believe is a Swede, which I think is slightly bigger. Yeah, Swedes are massive. Um, but because Americans can't call things two, you can't have two different things called the same word, they'd be like, this isn't a Swede. There you go. This isn't a Swedish this person. Horrifying. Oh. Yeah, they're like little shrunken heads. This isn't a Swede. That is far <laughs> worse than a pumpkin. Yeah, but pumpkins are big and there's, there's a lot of real estate to carve into and stuff. So, you know. And also... At no other point of the year do you do anything with a pumpkin because, yeah, I don't. I think considerable because it looks like more like actual skin shade. Well, they look is, quite horrific. Again, this is. They? I think this is to do with more like the the, oh. the Samhain, the 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 Celtic festival of the dead, which is around. Well, it was around this time. Mm. 
Um, and it, it is to either ward off spirits or to welcome them in. You're never sure, are you? Yeah. And yeah, and it's just been, like everything, it's been appropriated and, mm. and turned into a way to sell stuff to people. Yeah. Thanks, America. Yeah. <laughs> Bernie, if you can please have today's scores. Am I giving the scores or is Stephen here for. <laughs> Stephen's doing wheelies on his chair at the moment, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> Because his lead isn't coming out. Shut up. <laughs> uh, just for sheer hilarity and comedy value, I'm going to give it to Chris and his crown. Uh, for God's sake, clown promise. <laughs> oh. I don't know what a crown promise is. Promise of a crown. It's what Prince Charles is getting. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at WeirdThingPod. Come say hello. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode. Weird thing about that. Thank you for the chance to guest on this dog shite show. I'm off back to the afterlife now to play badminton with Catman John.